Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever, however, and whenever you're listening. Welcome to another episode of The Melanin Report. I'm your host, Marquise Lupton, and we have another dope jam pack. That's what I always say. Show for you today. It's Friday, so you know that we have our monologue and panel discussion. And man, we have a great one on deck for you today. Today, we're talking about black woman entrepreneurship and all the great things that it encompasses. Oh man, I have a great panel. We have Lanisha Holland, who's a mommypreneur. What is that? Well, stay tuned and find out. And then we have Elise Irvis, who is a entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur here in Pennsylvania. So we're going to get into that and so much more. But first, this monologue. Ladies and gentlemen, he, she, they, them, gather round because we're about to dive into a story that's more epic than a Marvel movie. The history of African-American women entrepreneurs. Now picture this. It's the late 1800s, a time when women were supposed to be seen and not heard. But somebody forgot to give that memo to Madam C.J. Walker, who was born to former slaves when she decided to kick down doors and build an empire out of hair care. She didn't just break the glass ceiling. She shattered it like a rock star trashing a hotel room. Now let's fast forward to today, and according to the National Women's Business Council, the number of businesses owned by African American women has been skyrocketing. From 2014 to 2019, their businesses grew by a whopping 50%. And let's be honest here, that's more impressive than a cat learning to play the piano. Yeah, unfortunately, there's always more. And despite this incredible growth, there are still hurdles higher than an Olympic high jump to get over, such as access to capital, which has been a major, major roadblock. A study by McKinsey and Company found that women of color receive less than 1% of all venture capital funding. It's like trying to run a marathon, but with one leg shorter than the other. And let's not forget the systemic issues as well. A report from the U.S. Senate Committee on Small Businesses and Entrepreneurship highlighted the lack of access to markets and networks for African-American women entrepreneurs. It's like trying to play Monopoly when all the good properties are already owned by your little sister. Shut the front door. Now let's take a look at some of our modern day heroes. Let's look at Arlen Hamilton, founder of Backstage Capital. She's like the Indiana Jones of venture capitalism, searching for hidden gems in a world dominated by white dudes in suits. Oh my God. Then there's Richard Lou Dennis, the genius behind Shea Moisture, who took a product that had been around for generations and turned it into a global brand. And let's not forget about the incredible Lisa Price, founder of Carol's Daughter. She started her business in her kitchen and turned it into a multi-million dollar empire. She's like the Martha Stewart of beauty, but with way better hair. And these women aren't just entrepreneurs. They're archetypes of dreams and agents of change. So what's the takeaway here? Well, I'm glad you asked me. It's that African-American women entrepreneurs have been defying the odds for generations, and they're continuing to do so today. 
But we need to break down those barriers and give them resources they deserve and continue to celebrate their successes. Because when we support African-American women entrepreneurs, we're not just boosting their business. We're building a more inclusive and vibrant economy for everyone. So let's raise a glass to those trailblazers and remember the future is as bright as their ideas. So thank you. And here's to the incredible women who are making waves in the world of business. And now, on to our panel discussion. I hope you enjoyed our recent monologue. And for more information on this monologue and any other monologue you heard, you can email me at Marquise underscore Lupton at WITF.org. Again, that's Marquise Lupton, Marquise underscore Lupton, excuse me, at WITF.org. And now let's get into our panel discussion. I would like to thank you once again for tuning in to The Melanin Report with Marquise Lupton. You could be listening to any other podcast right now, and we appreciate you taking the time to make us part of your day. The best thing you can do right now is share this podcast with a friend because friends don't let friends Melanin Report alone. Our panelists today are Lanisha Holland, serial entrepreneur and owner of Happily Naturally Me. And accompanying her is the owner of La Couture and a business doula. What is that? Can't wait to get into it. We have Elise Irvis also <laughs> on the panel with us today. Ladies, I am ecstatic. I am excited. Insert adjective here. Um, how you all doing today? Great. So far, so good. That awesome. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Elise, how about yourself? Life is good. Same. Oh. Not, not complaining. No time for it. Right, right, right. You, you know, and, uh, and, and as um, uh, some people may say, you know, if you complain, ain't nobody listening anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be a waste of breath. So um, not wasting <laughs> our breaths here uh, and, and getting into this topic discussion about uh, women in business, but more specifically, black women in business. Uh, Lanisha, I want to start with you. Uh, just just your um, uh, thoughts, reactions uh, from this monologue. Well, I really enjoyed it, um, and you made a lot of great points, especially considering the fact that, you know, as Black women, we have a lot more hurdles <laughs> that we have to try to jump over when it comes down to running business because we are a double minority, um, and it's already been proven that, you know, when we try to get funding and things like that for our business, it's even harder for us to do that compared to other demographics. So. Um, we're constantly trying to break down barriers and it shouldn't be that way. Why does it have to be harder for us to, you know, build businesses when our counterparts are having a much easier time? But again, we know that we have other things that are associated with that. So, but I like the point that you made as far as highlighting some trailblazers mm -hmm. um, that are doing some amazing things right now because it keeps everyone else that are trying to start their own businesses and grow their own businesses to a much bigger level motivated. Yeah. And and one thing uh, that I noticed um, is is that uh, privilege definitely carries over into the business world uh, because there has been there, there have been. Um, colleagues of mine uh, that that have came out their face and say, oh, you know, business is easy. Ah, well, you know, we decided to 
start this business, you know, just because we were bored or, uh, you, you know, we had an extra ten thousand dollars and decided to start this business. So that that's one thing uh, that that I really noticed, um, um, even even when talking about um, uh, race, when talking about uh, gender and everything is that that privilege carries over. Uh, so so Elise, uh, for for you being a woman in business, being a black woman in business, how how do you um, attack or or rather navigate said privileges? Oh, um, it's interesting because I have this conversation with my mother who, you know, for the longest couldn't really wrap her head around what it, what it meant to assume that you have privilege who, you know, for her, she didn't, she couldn't understand how that applied to us. And it's like, um, you know, we all have privilege, right? We all mm-hmm. have different sets and packages of privilege. Um, but, you know, thinking of at a very macro level, like the most macro level capitalism, you know, it's created and institutionally, systematically created and, and sustained to marginalize the marginalized. And that means women and that means women of color. So it only makes sense that by force, by obligation, by sheer need to survive, we are the fastest growing demographic of entrepreneurs because corporate America won't take us. Mm. They won't keep us. They don't want us. They don't value us. I've been fired twice. I couldn't keep a job if I wanted it. Mm. <laughs> like The job that I love the most, that I sacrificed the most for, that I, I in, re- invested back into the most was one of the most heartbreaking like exits ever Yeah. Um, or th- yeah. that I experienced. And it's really what made me commit and go 10 toes down making the sac- enduring the sacrifices to live my life as an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, but navigating those privileges, you know, re- oftentimes requires us to call out others' privilege. Mm. Um, but I think that things are changing. I think that the economy, you know, like those businesses, those white-owned companies, if they want to pass their business babies down, to their their the next generation and their family their next of kin, um, they're going to have to they're going to have to leverage the trillion dollar spending power that Black people have. Mm. Like our community, it's not that we don't got money to spend because we spend money. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. But, um, yeah. So for me, I think the biggest thing is just really impacting the trying to impact the ecosystem from as many different entry points as possible to stimulate it so that you know more people like the it becomes a habit shopping local. It becomes a habit buying from black businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not one of those things that it's the, it's the anomaly or it's a, it's an outlier. Um, so, uh, Lanisha for, for yourself and being a black woman in business, how do you, uh, stay, stay above the fray? How do you stay relevant? How do you stay in front of people's minds? One, I'm very big on social media. (laughs) So, of course, I try to make sure that I am leveraging as many platforms as I possibly can of others because then I'm able to tap into the networks of other individuals to help me stay relevant, help me connect with other audiences that may not have come across me on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, um, Pinterest, because I get business from Pinterest as well. Business from Pinterest? Um, Wow. Yes, I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sleep on Pinterest. Like um, I post on there, even though I'm not as heavy on Pinterest, but I have gotten um, customers on my Happily Naturally Me website, which wow. is my skincare line, directly from Pinterest. 
Um, I do have a couple of other businesses as well. I am an independent travel agent. I have a travel YouTube channel where I review hotels um, and different activities that I'm doing. And I've gotten business from there. Like it, social media is so important, but not only that, making sure that you are getting into physical spaces of where your clients are located. Um, right now it's fall season and my son plays soccer so I'm not as heavy when it comes down to vending but I do vending events all the time especially on the weekends and I'm very strategic about the types of vending events that I do because I have to make sure that my audience is where those vending events are located yeah um my products are very natural and I'm gonna admit my products are not cheap I do not sell cheap products so <laughs> I have to make sure that you know I am putting myself in front of people who understand the value of natural products and not afraid to spend some money yeah it's actually, like that's super important I don't want to be at an event where I'm not making any sales because I'm wasting my time and mm. you know resources and all of those other things uh is is <clears throat> Is vending something that that is overlooked? Because um, I just interviewed a a uh, black couple from from Chicago. Uh, they're called the Melanated Bar, and and they have um, they have a skin a skin and hair care line based out of Chicago, um, and they brought up vending and how they started in 2017. In earlier this year, 2023. They amassed one million dollars in sales. So, 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 are people not taking advantage of these vending opportunities, or are they just vending in the wrong place? I'll start with you, um, Lanisha, and and then we'll go to Elise. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, when you're vending, you can't just sit there and just expect for people to come up to your table. When I vend, I have a strategy where when I'm done vending, I expect to still get customers, whether someone has purchased from me and they're rebuying, or maybe they didn't necessarily purchase right then and there. But guess what? I'm collecting their information because I'm putting them on my email list. Like mm. there is fortune in your email list. And a lot of people do not, when they vend, they do not take advantage of that. They're not collecting phone numbers. They're not collecting email addresses. And that's how you continue to get those repeat customers. That's how you get new businesses. I'm um, getting new business because majority of people are not going to buy from you the first time they interact with you they have to mm. interact with you multiple times that's how you you're building that no like and trust factor so if you have their contact information and you're emailing them and you're texting them like eventually at some point they're going to end up buying from you like i just and i mean i know sheen has been around for so long and i have seen so many ads on <laughs> facebook and all over the place i literally just placed my very first order with sheen because of the advertising i was like well i need some new bathing suits for my upcoming vacation in jamaica <laughs> so let me go ahead and see what sheen is all about and i've seen things and i've put things in my cart before but i've never bought and then once i um you know i finally bought and now and i they encourage me to download the app to, <laughs> to get a coupon right <laughs> now i get text messages from them like like notifications at least like 10 times a day and i always click on them i'm like let me see what this <laughs> <is."> <laughs> oh 
the marketing is like insane. And I'm like, I need to be start. I need to start marketing on this level because I'm not. <laughs> dig it, dig it. Elise, how about yourself? Lanisha, has, yeah, I agree. I definitely think it's both of them. Both mm. of them is they're doing it wrong or they're not doing it at all. So you're doing it wrong if you're not doing it at all. And if you're doing it and you're not taking advantage of or encouraging, like she said, the um, the your your ROI, your return on your investment afterwards, right? Whether your ability to sell to somebody because you collected their information or your ability to resell to someone who purchased something on your table. Um, you know, I'm a business doula, so I'm specifically, my bottom line is to help more black and brown and women-owned businesses start and for our businesses to last longer. Mm. So that's hashtag creative financing, right? Because we are not the businesses that can go to the bank. We're not the businesses yeah. that can that have the best credit scores. We're not the businesses that own all of our house, own real estate, and have collateral that we can leverage to secure and use somebody else's money to do it, right? So um, I've had, I host pop-ups, right? Mm -hmm. And I host pop-ups and individual entities with no brick and mortars are making as much as $1,000 on site in three hours, mm. right? So whether you're pricing, you could be you could be doing it wrong by also pricing your products not properly, by not having any, any lead magnets, you don't have any freebies on your table, you're not collecting any customer data, you're only exchanging transacting via cash app so you can't even capture their information that way mm. um there's a lot of ways you could go be going about it wrong and therefore think that it's not not see not be able to see or realize the value behind it but as a black and brown as a black woman owned business since that what we're talking about black women we gotta be a little more creative when it comes to the financing part too mm. Um, mm. hashtag creative financing hashtag black economics you know historically we're not we're not there's not funding out there for us so yeah, yeah um, yes so so then Elise with that I want to um uh fo follow up with a question um about financing and and your business uh specifically because you said that you are a business doula uh so can you tell us what a business doula is and then can you let us know how you make those connections with your clients to those avenues of financing Sure yeah a business doula is a term that I coined after coaching a doula, a, a prenatal doula, um, for a year. Um, and, you know, a doula, for those that don't know or haven't heard, is basically, uh, my, my client, she broke it down as, like, it's translated to servant, almost. Mm. So, doula is often referred to, is, is really about um, birth, like, pre and post birth. Okay. So it's like either your pre-birth servant or your post-birth servant. And it's the person that is there to help you carry and then birth your baby slash, you know, the first stages right after. Um, and that's why I'm here for everyone's business babies. <laughs> <laughs> so I want people come to me because they're trying, they're growing one and they have the idea, they're in the ideation phase or because they just had a, had their business baby just popped out. They sold, made the first sell or in, in that, in that, and then around that stage, and they want to learn how to grow it. They love it. They want to do more of it. They want to spend their time doing this thing that they love. How do they turn their passion project into a cash-flowing entity that maybe can even eventually replace their um, income from their jobs? Mm. So I coach them. We do a lot of revenue strategy consultations. They're invited to pop-ups that we curate. Uh, and we have a virtual community 
an app. There's an app for all the CEOs so they can connect and stay connected and share resources. But there's a lot of creative financing resources that Black women are uniquely um, positioned to receive. Mm. That includes CDFI funding, which stands for Community Development Financial Institutions. There's a lot of grants. The most grants are specifically for the marginalized of the marginalized. So that's us Black women. There's crowdfunding platforms like Kiva and iFundWomen. Um, the app keeps them abreast of all of the funding trends, pitch competitions. So there are other options besides your traditional, um, traditional loan to get money to, to start and grow your business. And we just try to help people, you know, stop leaving all the money on the table. Mm. I will tell you this. Um, I like to brag on this show, so I'm I'm just going to uh, pat myself on the back here because this is this is and has to be um, and and people that constantly listen to this constantly hear me say this, but this has got to be um, some of the smartest stuff that you're going to hear on audio uh, this this day and age, y'all. Uh, they are they are definitely dropping nuggets of knowledge. Uh, I I like to say that I hope that you are picking up. Uh, so. Lanisha, uh, for for yourself, you are the owner of multiple businesses. Uh, so, can you um, tell us a little bit about your businesses, and then tell us how you combat and navigate certain stereotypes about Black-owned businesses? Okay, so um, as you already heard me mention, I do own Happily Naturally Me, which is a natural skin care line. Um, that focuses on individuals with sensitive skin. Um, so it was started because my son had really bad eczema as a baby. And, you know, doctors were telling me crap that was not working. So me being the mom that I am, um, I had to figure it out. And that's how Happily Naturally Me was started. He's 13 now. Um, and then I decided that I just wanted to create an online empire that was based off of things that I enjoyed. I did leave my nine to five back in 2019. So I've been a full-time mompreneur since then. We're in 2023 and I cannot believe it's been that long. I was about to say, um, that's I been a while. Congratulations. I know, right? <laughs> um, I've had my ups and downs, especially, you know, going through COVID. Mm. Um, and right before COVID hit, I had ventured into becoming a independent travel agent. So I also mm. have LA Travel and Leisure. Um, I will say that that is more of kind of like a more of a side hustle for me. Um, the majority of my clients come from referrals and then I have clients who travel all the time. But I am starting to, you know, move into doing group trips and things like that. So I'm excited about that. Mm. Um, and then because I have a special place in my heart for moms and I realize um, just through my own journey of, you know, running my business and working in corporate that too often we put ourselves on the back burner mm. um, and we have goals. And sometimes when we become mothers, we lose sight of those goals. And um, I wanted to encourage moms to, you know, fight for that lifestyle that they wanted um, and not letting others be in control of their lives. Like you can control what happens, to, not, not everything that happens to you, but you can control the type of lifestyle that you're living. You just have to, you know, you allowed somebody else to write your story for so long. Now it's time for you to start writing your story yourself. Like mm. take that control back, take that pen back. Um, and so now I have um, my community, which is called Moms That Boss, where I help other moms 
who I primarily work with moms who already have online businesses and maybe they're just kind of like still starting out and and trying to figure things out for themselves to help them automate their business to give themselves more time back so that they can start generating sales on autopilot um and i learned how to do that of course through lots of experience with my own e-commerce business so that's primarily what i focus on through the moms of us community um to help with that lead generation so that you can if you want to you know end up leaving your nine to five if that's something that you want then you can do that or maybe it is just something that you want to start generating more sales on autopilot while you're building your career um you can do that as well um but it's about creating the type of lifestyle that you desire and i'm really big on having online businesses because mm. i you know like being more of a present mom i like being at home um, like i said my son is 13 now so i'm not like you know as involved he's a little bit more independent but i'm still <laughs> running him around to practice and and his appointments and and we're very big into soccer like he's on a travel squad so i like my weekends i like to you know travel like we're going to jamaica in november um probably gonna go and do um he wants to go to the ice castle not ice castle the ice hotel in canada so wow. i want to go and do that in um like in january and you know and then when the summer comes back around, I haven't started planning yet, but the idea is that we're going to the Nickelodeon Resort, probably the one in Mexico. So I want to be nice. able to do all of those things and having an online business, you know, gives me the flexibility to be a more present mom and, and live the type of lifestyle that I want to live. And I want to help other moms be able to do that too. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it. So, um, <clears throat> um, Elise, I, I want, um, uh, both of y'all answer answer this on uh, next question. I'll start with you, Elise. Uh, so um, you you touched on this a little bit. Uh, so is is the rise in in black women be becoming entrepreneurs? Is that rise in reaction to how black women are treated in the workplace? The short and sweet, yes, mm. yes, as fuck, because but. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't. I could go on. I could go on way too long on that topic. But yeah, mm. bottom line, yeah, I think that you know. I even commented on my friend, a colleague from college, went to Syracuse. I went to Syracuse University. I graduated from Syracuse University, and one of my classmates posted, "Who's an influencer? She's an influencer. She's from New York. She moved to Philly. She does amazing deals and gets amazing deals as an influencer with Nike and things like that." on social media and she's trying to get a job in corporate America as a social media manager and she has not been given one offer they keep telling her things like oh she doesn't have the qualifications or the mm. experience and she doesn't have the skills and she's like you know I just can't believe it like the numbers that I do on my my social media and those are personal it's not you know maybe this traditional concept of what a business has been looking like doing but like for years and even um Lanisha's product like you heard what she said about her experience going to the doctors to try to find a solution. Yeah. Or, you know, the money that she would have spent on prescriptions and things, you know, they're not culturally specific. They weren't even making a dent in her problem. Mm. So she made up her own thing and it worked. And it could work. And she's impacting entire future generations through that type of product. Right. Um, impacting so many moms and children with that product. And I think that, you know, all of these reasons are reasons to why black women are the fastest growing and soon come y'all gonna see y'all gonna see how fast and and high we rise 
um, when it comes to, to the business space. Big disruptions coming. <laughs> hey, hey, I I love it. I love it because I have uh, two future black women. Uh, so, hey, y'all. Y'all paved the way, and, and and I know that they have some uh, great, great, great examples that they can uh, that they can look at. So for yourself, Lanisha, um, how, how do you feel? Uh, the rise in black women entrepreneurs, do you think that uh, this is in reaction to how black women um, are being treated in, in the workplace? Um, absolutely. I am a perfect example of this, mm. um, I think. Too often we don't realize our own value. And then once we do, we say, forget this. Like, I could be doing so much better. Um, for personal experience, I, I was in a corporate environment. And oftentimes I felt like I wasn't being heard. Mm. Um, I would, I'm a very logical person. And I, and when it comes down to processes, I see, I can, you know, pick up on holes and things like that. And we were making a lot of changes at my company and I would voice my opinion or, you know, and I would, you know, give suggestions of how things could work better. And I was never taken seriously. And then months down the road, someone would say what I had said months ago. And then all of a sudden, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Yes, we should implement that. And I used to get so mad because I'm like, I just told you that like four <laughs> months ago and hmm. you just completely disregarded what I said like is it because I like like I am a black woman like I don't know mm. <laughs> so um it, I realized well while I was at my job I knew that I didn't want to stay there and, and be in corporate America for a long time anyway like I, at one point I was like I'm going to you know go off on my own I'm gonna you know build my own thing and work for myself I just didn't have enough confidence to do it. And I mm. wish I would have done it so much sooner because the, and I'm a workaholic. So the energy that I was putting into building somebody else's dream and, you know, constantly putting money into this company, yeah, not my own money, but, you know, like, you know, doing my job so the company could flourish. Um, I could have been doing that for myself. Mm. And I didn't value my own dopeness enough hey. at the time. And now I do, and I will never, ever go back to that type of lifestyle because now I know what I'm worth. Oh, so then, so then at, at this point is, is the toothpaste out the tube, so to speak? You can't, can't, can't put it back? No, you cannot put it back. And I do not care. Like, and like I said, I've had my ups and downs when it's, when it's come to my business and it's definitely not where I want it to be yet. And, and it's, I'm, you know, fighting for that to be where I want it to be, mm. but I would rather fight for myself than go back into that environment and mm. fight for someone else. Oh man. Oh man. That's a, that's a soundbite. Uh, I'm probably going to use that for, for, for a real, but, but that's, that is, that <laughs> okay, is, that is definitely, <laughs> definitely a soundbite. <laughs> we have um we have about uh five minutes left uh here for for our uh panel discussion this has this has been nothing short of amazing i feel like we have just 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 not even scratched the surface we just blew blew the dust off that's it we didn't even get to the surface yet we just cleaned it off uh, uh be, be, before we could get into uh, some some real meat and potatoes here. So um, so I'm going to say that I definitely, definitely, definitely 
want you all back again uh, so, so that we can continue to peel back the layers um, on on black woman entrepreneurship uh, and and give the people what they want, give the people what they need and give the people what they did not know existed, giving them the game on how to be uh, woman entrepreneurs. Uh, so, um, Elise, I will start with you. Uh, can, can can you give the woman that is listening to this panel discussion uh, right now that is on the fence about um, uh, starting a business, can can you give her any kind of advice or words of encouragement? Oh, I'd love to. My number one tip is you're not failing fast enough. You need to start failing faster. Mm. You know, you're 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 on the you're on the ledge. You're one foot in, one foot out, and the change doesn't really occur until you're two fo- two feet in, ten toes down. You need to start failing faster. I just signed a new commercial lease. And, you know, one of the things I thought, I thought I found the right flooring that I wanted. Had I waited a month, had I ordered it a month earlier, then I would have realized it wasn't the right flooring that I wanted. And now I'm a month behind, right? Like it's, Mm. it's, there's, you're going to fail. You are going to fail. This journey is about failure, but the faster you do it, the faster you'll You'll get the yeses the faster you'll get the right answers, the faster you'll find success. Oh, dig it. And Lanisha, how about yourself? Words of encouragement for that woman that's listening that doesn't know if she wants to or not. Um, If you think it's something that you want to do, do it. Because do it right now. Commit to yourself because you do not want to wake up one day years from now when you're old and gray and look back and wonder what your life could have been like if you would have just taken a chance on yourself. Do Mm. it right now. I'm not saying quit your job and just do it, but you can start building that business while you're working your job. Now, I gave myself six months when I decided that I was finally gonna commit to myself, um, and then I quit my job. Did I have six months or a year's worth of savings when I did that? Absolutely not. Would I do it again? Yes, I would, but. I don't think that that is the right choice for every single person because you have to know yourself and you have to know your commitment level. And I was committed and I decided I was just going to burn every single bridge and not have a plan B. It's only plan A. So just do it and stop delaying your success. The longer you take, the longer it's going to take for you to be successful. Mm, I love that. I love that. Sound bites, sound bites all over. Lanisha, Elise, Elise, Lanisha, I would like to thank you all for, for joining us on the Melanin Report today. Before you head out, I uh, do, like do like to have some fun here for the last five minutes. Uh, so for things that make you say, hmm, we got some questions here and some hypotheticals uh, to make you scratch your mind and make the belly laugh. So the first question here is, which one of these is your mama not? I'll say it again. Which one of these is your mama not? A, Jesus. B, Boo Boo the Fool. C, somebody else's mother. Or D, one of your little friends. Which one of these is your mother not? Anybody can answer. What are your little friends? (laughs) (laughs) My mother definitely would say Boo Boo the Fool. (laughs) 
You know, um, my mom and and this is this is so funny because we have uh, uh, three three uh, three different versions of uh, of black moms here because uh, my mom would say that uh, she's not Jesus. You know, uh, that's because she was a little bit more religious. Uh, but 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 yeah, uh, Pastor Mom would definitely say that uh, she's not Jesus and to uh, try Jesus and not her. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, here, here's our next question. Best love story of all time. Uh, we have A, Love and Basketball, B, Love Jones, C, Jason's Lyric, and D, Mahogany. A, Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball. Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. I, I, I like Love Jones a little bit more than Love and Basketball. So oh. Ooh, well, I'll say this. Uh, I hope that my black card doesn't get revoked. But um, <laughs> I've 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 never seen Mahogany, and I don't like Jason's lyric. I just I he he when when he shot Jada, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I and and Mahogany. That's um that's and again, don't revoke my card here. But that's that movie with um Diana Ross, right? Either, so oh. I don't know. Hey. I mean, Me neither. Hey, we in this thing together then. <laughs> it must not be that good. We are. Well, hey, hey, you, you know, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be somebody <laughs> in the comment section. You ain't never seen Mahogany. Yeah. I'm more than sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but all right, we have um, we have one more question here. So, it's about 60 degrees outside. This means that you a wear a jacket, b Go bare sleeves with shorts. C. Wear a full fledged coat. D. Complain of the heat. Oh, I'm wearing a coat. It's 60 mm. degrees. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Elise? A sweatshirt was one of the options. Uh, a. I'm complaining about the cold. I'm complaining that it's hot. I want it to be colder. I want to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, this uh this this is funny because I had this conversation uh, today with my seven year old. Uh, she 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 came downstairs. Now, mind you, folks, we are in the beginning of October, so she came downstairs with a tank top and some shorts on, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, kiddo, it is it is autumn. It's autumn now. You gotta put that away. She's like, yeah, but it was so warm yesterday. I felt like wearing this today. I was like, hey, all right, step outside. Now, mind this is 730 in the morning. I was like, step outside, see if you feel good. She stepped outside, came back in five seconds later. Wasn't outside too long. Came back in five seconds later. She's like, you know what? I'm fine. And I'm like, all right, if you want to double down on this, then go on ahead. You're going to be cold, <laughs> not me. So, <laughs> so, so that's that. Um, so... Folks, we are going to put a pin in it right there. Again, I would like to thank Lanisha Holland and Elise Irvis for joining us on The Melanin Report. Ladies, I'm hoping that this is not the last time that we have you on the program. Definitely no, not. absolutely not. Oh. But make sure you follow at Lanisha Holland on Facebook and Instagram. Indeed. Indeed. And, and before we head out, yes, let's get to that. Social media handles, follows, please, please, please. Uh, Lanisha, we started off with you, so you can say that again, and then we'll follow up with Elise. Yes, so at Lanisha Holland, so that's L-A-N-I-S-H-A, 
H-O-L-L-A-N-D. Um, and then, of course, you can check out my skincare line. Same thing, at Happily. Happily, guys. So it's at Happily Naturally Me. Um, and then HappilyNaturallyMe.com. All right. And Elise. And we are La Cultura, which is culture, spelt like culture, but an A at the end. So it's L-A-C-U-L-T-U-R-A-717, La Cultura 717. And the website is LaCulturaHBG.com. Ah, uh, there we go. There we go. Well, that concludes part three of our series this week with our monologue and panel discussion. Again, I want to thank our guests for coming in and joining us on The Melanin Report and giving us such great insight on being a woman entrepreneur. If you like this, then I suggest that you share it with a friend. Because as I said before, friends don't let friends the Melanin Report alone. And in the words of Tupac Shakur, and since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and our game from a woman, I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to hear for, heal for our women, be real to our women. And on that note, this is The Melanin Report. I'm Marquis Lupton. Trust your dopeness, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> Thanks, Marquise. God bless anyone within the sound of my voice. This is Dr. Vega. My heart and prayers go out to all that have been affected by the Rona 19. Rest in peace to my cousin Sonny. Rest in peace to Fred the God. The Wolf, thank you, brethren. Much respect. This song's purpose is to bring inspiration, healing, and hope to the world. We will survive, baby. Stay strong. Keep the hope. Keep the faith. And remember, quitting is not an option. Let's go, Wolf. Let's go. All right. The one that survive, we are the one that love life. Alright, we are the one that kill, we are the one who share. Alright, those are the man that get life, those are the ones who kill Christ. Alright, we are the one that still here, we are the one that still share. Alright, our cup is full. Let's gather up, team up and start pull. What them feeding us can't digest cause it's bull Shit, them coming from a soul I got to move Quick, you can't fool some, you cannot fool This, my respect on no lose Get, my people, them need another chance Who open the door, give a room and make we dance Always to be blamed, we all know it's your fault We survive your disease, we give you what you ask Yeah God is in charge, him save him best for last Wicked man make this prize a show Love to my people Someone tell me what these man really come to Cause if you need them They ain't gonna trip you So anywhere you go Them can't chuck you Lord have mercy, wicked man are thirsty Alright, we are the one that survive We are the one that love life Alright, we are the one that kill We are the one who share Wolf man, if it's not right, don't want to hear 
it yeah. Food must be clean True. Before you consume it right. What going on now mm-hmm. Been happening for years yeah. See a clear that's on this earth Change your dirty ways no. Crying for the patient Feel it for the nurses COVID-19 Really the worst is Time to be strong Don't be nervous We put God first So we know them can't hurt us Six foot away Six is real No Wolfman know that that time they reveal Who can't hear They will feel We now run we just need Many more is gonna suffer Many more is gonna die When the smoke is clear Many more is gonna try Leave us alone Get the hell out of earth Open the job Cause we need to go to work Alright We are the one that survive We are the one that love life Alright Those are the ones who don't care Those are the ones who shoot spears Them only bad with iron in them Everything God must feel in the greatest one We are living in a revelation Get ready, let's march this again Them only bad with iron in them God must feel the greatest one We are living in a revelation Push Everything gonna be alright God must feel everything gonna nice Just keep the faith inside Press along with your by your side